while this summer podcast series with Pastor Tim has been a blast, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I'm excited, Lord willing, to be back with Jonathan Vinton, JV, next week. Um, But Pastor Timmy and I finish up our values series uh, today uh, with our mantra, keep it real, keep it Jesus. Real life, I think you're going to love this one. It's the icing on the cake. It's the best way to wrap things up. Uh, We love you. And uh, can't wait to see you soon on a Sunday. Enjoy the podcast. Community groups at Real Life Sango are where strangers become friends and friends become family. You guys, you have been isolated for too long. You've been disconnected for too long. It's time for you to find your people. This fall, this September, we launch community groups. A message for some of you is wait no longer, on the sidelines no longer, join a community group. I want you to be thinking about it, praying about it right now. More than that, commit in your mind and heart right now that the first day we launch community groups, you're going to sign up for one. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at real life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Freddie. Hey, Timmy. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. We, uh, as usual, DJ Daniel Cox is over there running the board, and uh, our good friend, Brent Moore has just popped in, so he's sitting in the lounge yeah. with us as we record. Timmy, I'm a little sad because today is the final podcast episode of our summer series on our mission, vision, strategy, and values. That's it. It's the last one, and by the time folks are listening, you may or may not be back at this point, yeah. right? Well, so. I'm coming back if I'm not back yet, yep. but yep. thanks for tuning in. Um, Timmy, let's jump right into it. Uh, our mission and strategy is what we do. Uh, our mission is delighting in God, discipling others. Our strategy is gathering, giving, serving, and living. Yeah, We do all that in order to become this vision of a flourishing people in a multiplying movement. Yeah, So that's what we're aiming at. That's what we're desiring to become. That's our prayer. So we want to become a flourishing people in a multiplying movement. And we're, we're seeking to become that by implementing our, our mission and our vision, delighting in God, discipling others, gathering, giving, serving, and living. Um, and then our values answer the question, how do we go about our ministry? What's distinctive about us? Um, in what manner do we implement our ministry? And, um, and so our values, they shape our culture, and our culture determines the impact that we have in our community and around the world. So our values are really, really important. We've already hit on equip and empower. What was the second one we did? Truth and grace in, in relationships. That's right. And we like to say it. Grace, grace and, and truth, truth in, relationships. in relationships. And it works both ways. <laughs> it does indeed. Margin for mission. Yep. And today we've got... Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. And I have to tell you, I, I told you, like, I so resonate with all these values. Really excited about this one because I think out of the four, this is the one where I'm looking at, like, okay, that can mean, like, a lot of different things. You know, you yes. might, like, I could see somebody going, like, oh, it just means we're a Jesus-centered church, but I think it has some more texture to that. So I'm like super curious, like how, how, how you flesh that out. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll be brief today. Um, but when we were planting, when we were really the day that the Lord spoke to me about planting real life, I had flown in from Phoenix. I was meeting with pastors here in Clarksville 
uh, my buddy Ryan Cotney had told me, he said, before you name your church, write down 100 names. And I had about 75 on the pad, and I'd struck through most of them, you know. And on the plane ride back from Nashville to Phoenix, after I had come and met with these pastors, the Lord gave me the name Real Life Church, mm. and he gave me the mantra, keep it real, keep it Jesus. And part of the influence of that, Timmy, was I was reading this book by Ben Arnment called uh, Church in the Making. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that book? I've heard of it. I've not read it. Yeah, Ben Arnment, uh, he started Whiteboard Sessions and then sold it to a guy. He he started the Story Conference that met yep. in Chicago, kind of an, a conference for artists and worship leaders and that kind of thing. And Anyways, he had uh, a phenomenal book where he basically writes, unpacks um, the sociological realities in the unfolding of Jesus's promise of I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And he just highlights the different sociological factors of, of, of planting a church. Anyways, in his book, he kind of makes fun of like purpose statements and you and I have kind of already alluded to this in yeah. this series, but he kind of makes fun of purpose statements and he's like, and, and then mission statements, he kind of says what we've said, like, well, every church has the same mission. Anyways, he says a church doesn't need a mission statement. They need a mantra. Mm. And the mantra is that thing that it's like, man, it's, it's, it's our rally cry. It's that thing that that we say over and over and over and over again. But it's memorable. It's it kind of kind of galvanizes. It, it pulls us together, galvanizes our people. And so on the plane ride back, as I'm reading this reading this book, the phrase "Keep it real, keep it Jesus" comes to me. Um, I think the you know I think Timmy the honestly the my first instinct on keep it real was just kind of a common sense observation mm. that nobody likes a fake church. And over the years interacting with people, I've just heard that all the time. Those mm. people were fake. Those people were fake. They lived one way at church and different way in the community, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. And so just what you want to keep it real. And then in my earliest days of preaching, I had a woman come up to me and, and she just looked me in the eye and earnestly said, you're so honest with us. Mm. And so I, th- I feel like, you know, every great organization is on some level going to reflect their leader, right? Yep. Well, Jesus is our leader, so hopefully we reflect him more than yeah. anybody. But practically, I'm, I'm, I'm planting and shepherding the church, right? So that keep it real just feels like it's at the core of who I am. Authentic, honest, and man, we don't, we don't want to be a fake church. Like, mm. that doesn't help anybody. So there's, so there's that... But as I thought about it more, I thought about how how biblical of an idea it is in the sense that um, Jesus' harshest rebuke was for the religious leaders who often got it right on the outside but had it wrong on the inside. Oh, man. They had an, an, an outward adherence, but inwardly they were far from God. Um, I remember Jesus saying at one point, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. So when we say keep it real, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about like, don't come in on a Sunday morning and try to put a smile on if you're depressed. Right. Like get on your knees and go over to the prayer station. And when somebody asks you how you're doing, say, I'm depressed. And we say keep it real. We, we just say, don't pretend. Like don't try to be something you're not. Like keep it keep it real. What we don't want is people to take that phrase and use it as a license to be a smart aleck. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I'm, just, I just tell it like it is. Yeah. You know? That's like right. That, that kind of mindset. That's right. Yeah. Somebody to be harsh and say, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. Well, no, that's, yeah. you know, I mean, well, like we might joke like that, sure. you know, but, but that's not our aim. Our, our aim is for us to be, to be broken before God. 
You know, so the, good. the scripture says it's a broken heart and a contrite spirit that he will not despise. And so, so broken is the way we all need to be before God. That's keeping it real. That's, you know, so we don't want to be self-deceived. You know, we want to keep it real and um, we want to be open, honest, authentic. You know, it's in the Proverbs, uh, there's this list of like seven things that the Lord hates and two of the seven are a lying tongue. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like it's like okay, here's seven things that the Lord hates, and here comes the list. And one of them is a lying tongue, and then and then another phrase to describe a lying tongue. So it's like, well, there's really six things that the Lord hates. He just doubly hates a lying tongue, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So so being honest, keep it real. You know, and I, I love that. And we, you know, it's it's like God gives grace to the humble, but He opposes the proud. That's what the Scripture says, right? So if in our pride we can't acknowledge our weaknesses and our sins and our failures, well, God opposes that. He, he like comes against it like an army, a military army. But he gives grace to the humble. So if we keep it real, if we're honest about our failures, our shortcomings, our sins, God pours out grace in that honesty and that brokenness, that humility. As you've been unpacking these values, every single podcast, like one of the first things that strikes me is how countercultural these values really are. You know, we saw it with grace and truth. We saw it with margin for mission. And this one, again, our culture pushes us so much with social media to put everything into this exterior <laughs> of how we present ourselves, right. right? As opposed to, you know, the iceberg, the things that right. nobody sees. And what you're saying is, no, we want to be um, about, we want to be the same person on the outside that we are on the inside. And sometimes that means, you know, letting people in and seeing, our mess, yes. you know, and, and yes. seeing the junk so that we can spur one another on, you know. Right, um, right. We we live in an Instagram filtered world. Yeah. And so we want we want to be with God and with one another, no filter. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, Love keep that. it real. And so it's keep it real and keep it Jesus. Jesus. And, you know, I think with the Keep It Jesus, there's a couple of thoughts and ideas there. Uh, Dr. Albert Moeller introduced the idea of a theological triage years ago. And so in the same way that, you know, in an emergency room, there's a triage. If you walk in holding your heart, you're going to get seen a lot quicker if you walk in with a broken pinky, right? right? So they triage what's the most important thing. And in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul writes and he says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and by which you stand and in which you're being saved if you hold fast to the gospel that I preached to you. And then he explains what the gospel is, that Christ died according to the Scriptures. He was buried and he raised from the dead, right? So, um, but, but Paul introduces that little section in the letter of 1 Corinthians by saying, Now I would remind you, brothers, that which is of first importance... Mm. first importance. In other words, all of the Bible's true. All of the Bible's important. It's not just the red letters that are important. All of the sacred scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit. But Paul writes and he says, I'm going to triage what's most important for you here. And what's most important is the gospel. The gospel means good news. The good news about who? The good news about Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus, after he rose from the dead... He uh, appears to the disciples. They don't recognize him at first. And then it's like, whoa, it's Jesus, right? And then, and then he, he opens the scriptures and shows them. This, this would have been the Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures. Right. He opens the Old Testament scriptures and shows them how all of the Old Testament pointed to him. 
So, you know, so um, it's not uncommon for churches to, um, you know, to open up the Old Testament and teach a lesson on good morality, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, you know, overcoming your giants, you know, out of David. Right. You know, so, right. But, but, but if Jesus opened up the Old Testament and showed that it's all about him, then that's what we need to do is open up the sacred scriptures and see how does it all point to Jesus. There's other scriptures that I would just allude to here, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes, And when I came to you, brothers, uh, and, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In other words, he was saying, look, I like my eggs were not in the basket of how amazing my speech can be, how amazing my wisdom is, but rather I was seeking to put Jesus Christ on display. I was seeking to proclaim Him. And he writes and he says, uh, and I was with you in weakness and in fear. In other words, he was not impressive at all. In, in much trembling in my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith not might not rest in the, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm. So um, we're not planting this church to give us a platform, right? We're, we're planting this church to set Jesus on display, to exalt Jesus, to point people to Jesus. People don't need us. People need Jesus. People don't need to know what I think about things. People need to know what Jesus thinks about about things. So good. Um, and so that's our aim. There's another verse in Colossians 1. Uh, let me pull that up where Paul's describing his ministry. And he says in verse 28, he says, Him we proclaim. Mm. Who's he referring to? Jesus. Jesus. Yep. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So so the beginning, the middle, and the end of our ministry is Jesus. It We were called by Jesus. We're empowered by Jesus. It's for the glory of Jesus. Our message is Jesus. So some people might go, well, duh. But what we observe is that man? It's so easy to get off a focus. Oh yeah, of Jesus. Yeah, like duh. But you're like so many churches do get off that. Like what I hear you saying is that Jesus is our banner. It's not some like narrow strand of like the, theological system. Which right, we've seen that. Like I, right. I remember up in New Jersey, sometimes somebody after church would come up and they'd be like, you know, where's the church on you know Calvinism and and this sort of thing and. And I'd always kind of stop them like, hey, I, I hear your question, but like if your aim is to be a church that preaches like a strand of theology, you just need to know that our banner is, is Jesus. Yes, and I, yes, that's been super evident yes, at yes. real life already is that, you know, doctrine is important and we can have absolutely. great discussions. Absolutely. But ultimately everything's got to point back to that's Jesus. That's right. Well, the Apostle Paul said, pay close attention to your life and doctrine. Yep. For in doing so, you will save both your life and hearers. Doctrine is is is, is paramount. Yep. For the purpose of helping us to know who Jesus is and to love Him and obey Him. That's right. Like that's yeah. the purpose of it, right? Yeah. And the Scripture tells us that knowledge puffs up, you know. And 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 so, if we're if we're doctrine focused as an end in and of itself, we're just going to be puffed up in pride, right? And and so for us, deep teachings of difficult texts of Scripture have an end, and the end is knowing Jesus and loving and obeying Him more. 
Um, yeah, that's our that's our aim. Yeah, a couple of other ways that this is practically uh, emphasized in the life of our church. Uh, Augustine gets credited to this, but I think there was another theologian that actually first said this, and you may know the guy's name. But um, uh, you know, in in unity essentials, yeah, in non unity diversity, or in non essentials diversity, in all things charity, yes. So in yeah. unity essentials, um, or in essentials unity, uh, in non essentials diversity, diversity, in all things charity. charity. And, and so what I've observed over the years is that a lot of churches will get emotionally attached and will have um, passionate, sometimes divisive debate over non-essential doctrines. And we just want to say as a church, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Like we want to, we want to have a big enough tent um, where um, in essentials were unified but as you step down from that in the doctrinal tiers, um, we want to welcome diversity of issues because it really is, at the end of the day, all about Jesus. Love that. And, it, you know, we talk about these values being countercultural. I think this one in particular is not just countercultural from the world, but even from church culture right now when we see so many that want to chop the table in half yeah. and, and, like, say, the, no, that we've got to be this narrow strand of theology. We're saying... Now, again, doctrine is huge and important, but it, it's just a pointer to Jesus and to see him clearly. Yeah. And that's that's refreshing. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, um, we, we think that the church ought to be actively, winsomely, passionately, wisely engaged in politics. Um, but, but our Messiah does not come from politics. Our Savior is not a, is not a political... Uh, proponent. Jesus is our king. And so this is even informative for those of us that might be tempted to make too big of a deal or to put our hope in politics. We want to say, no, like let's be engaged as salt and light. Let's have an emphasis and an influence rather, but let's, um, but let's put our hope in Jesus and in, and in His promises, um, it, it's really interesting. During some of the over the last couple of years, during some of the different divisive issues in our country, um, I was talking with some friends over lunch in the church that they had been attending. Um, had taken a real stand on some issues that made them a little uncomfortable, um, and it was just the way mm-hmm. that it was presented. And they told me over lunch, we just needed somebody to keep it Jesus. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like it, it was it was this amazing confirmation that for such a time as this, the Lord gave us this mantra that when our country is divided, the church needs to be united. Well, what unites us? What's King Jesus? It's his great love, it's his great glory, it's his promises, it's his work on the cross, it's his it's his imminent return. Um Love that, yeah. yeah, and and that and that by itself speaks volumes because you know, um, pastoring in New Jersey for eighteen years in a very progressive place, we had to be super aware of that piece, you know. And one of the things we said early on is like, hey, five ten years from now, after we start the church, if it's a church that's just full of Republicans, we have to understand that we probably only reach people that move from other parts of the country into our area. But that was kind of the other side of like the area that we're in now, but we had to continue to preach 
the gospel in Jesus and resist, um, you know, some of the, the political leanings one way or the other. And uh, again, that's active resistance to do that, to keep that a value. And it certainly informs our politics, but it's, it's also distinct. And I think it's important to, to, to understand that because we sometimes when politics and our faith get blended together, uh, it can be some, it can be dangerous at times. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, man, we love Jesus Christ because he has first loved us and yeah. what, what he did through his cross, the victory, uh, that he secured conquering sin and Satan and death, um, and his promise to come again, to usher in a new heavens and a new mm. earth, um, to be our, our eternal king. Uh, Jesus is our all. Mm. He is our everything, never beginning, never ending. The firstborn from all creation, the image of the invisible God, King Jesus, the, the one who's upholding the universe by the word of his power, we have no other. Jesus looked at his disciples, and after some had left him, he says, do you too want to go away? And they say, where would we go? You alone, you alone have the words of eternal life. The apostle said, um, there's no other name whereby which man can be saved other than the name mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And uh, the apostle Paul in Acts 20, 24, he said, I, I don't account my life of any value, but only that I may be faithful uh, to follow through with this call of testifying to God's grace. That's the grace of Jesus Christ. I love it. Um, I love it. So, so we've got this fun mantra where, Timmy, when we say keep it real, the response is... Keep it Jesus. And, and so we close all of our services in this way. And I got to tell you, it was a little, it's one of those, it's one of those deals where I was a little nervous about, is this, is this going to feel cheesy? You right, know? Right. And, and bro, it like, I just feel like God has taken this phrase. He's <laughs> not, not to sound like weird about this, but it's almost like he's breathed life on this mm. and he's given it a life in our church. He's helped shape our culture. Language shapes culture. And it hasn't been cheesy. I feel like it has been um, words of hope, words of an, like an, that anchor us, um, words 100%. that inspire us, you know, words that remind us. And I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful that God's given us this simple little phrase that keeps us anchored into him and focused on the center of the bullseye and reminds us that Everything really is going to be okay. Yep. Because of Jesus, I like. I've I've said this before, but but I like when I when we close the service and we say keep it real. It's like we're telling God's people, hey, keep it real. Don't you guys be fake. Don't try to be something you're not. And then God's people respond by saying, keep it Jesus. Jesus. Just keep yeah. preaching Jesus. Keep giving us Jesus. Keep pointing us to Jesus. So I love that conversation. I love it. And of the four values, the one that makes the most sense to say that is, is this one. You know, if, if you got up in every Sunday morning and we're like, equip, and everybody said empower, not the same, <laughs> not the same power, sure. right? And yeah, so, yeah. like, I love that that is central because the other values so interlock with that one. In fact, I, I feel like the values sort of play off each other really, really well. Yeah. And, like, to do one well, uh, you can't you can't value relationship if you don't have margin. And so I, I just see this, like, beautiful... Um, symbiotic relationship between those four values. Yeah, it's good. So, so if you're a man listening to this and you're struggling with pornography, keep it real. Keep mm. it real with somebody today. If you're listening to this and your marriage is struggling, don't let it get worse. Keep it real. Keep it real with somebody today. 
if you're listening to this and you feel depressed, don't spiral in a deeper darkness. Keep it real. Keep it real today. Timmy, yesterday I was with a pastor who lost his wife. His wife died. They were a young, young, young couple. And um, he said his grief began to manifest itself in physical ways. And he said he joined a, a, a grief group where really all it was was they shared their grief together. Mm. And he said, Timmy, this is what he told me yesterday. He said, the very first day I attended and I shared my grief, Mm -hmm. he said, the symptoms in my body stopped immediately. Wow. Wow. Because he kept it real. He was willing to humble himself and to say, I'm hurting. And he found God's grace ministering to him. Um, So wherever you are, whatever your story is, uh, don't let shame win. Don't let a lie deceive you. Keep it real with the Lord Jesus and with his people and keep it Jesus and watch what the Lord will do. Keep it Jesus. In other words, don't look to the church to be your savior. Mm. Don't look to a church member to be your best friend. Don't look to church leadership to solve all your problems. Keep it Jesus. Yeah. Keep it Jesus. All too often we look to the church, we look to the pastor to give us things that only Jesus can give us. That's why we keep it Jesus. We make a good thing and try to make it ultimate. Yeah. And Jesus is the only thing that can withstand that weight. That's right. That's right. Timmy, why don't I pray and we'll close out this series. Father, we pray in Jesus' name and by the spirit of Jesus today, for the glory of Jesus, we pray today. We thank you for the privilege of being the body of Jesus in this world. Um, Lord, thank you for giving us our mission, our vision, our strategy, and our values. Father, we often feel just like a few little fish and loaves, but we want to put ourselves in your hands, and we want you to let us be a multiplying movement, Mm -hmm. a flourishing people. Um, So, Father, take these podcasts, this summer series, use it to strengthen our church, to shape us. Thank you for Pastor Timmy. Uh, Lord, as we move toward uh, the month of August, as we creep into the fall, uh, Father, would you fill our church with your spirit? Let us be a shining light for you. Help us to be a flourishing people mm. in a multiplying movement. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Timmy, keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Hey, folks, you've heard about community groups, but have you considered hosting or facilitating a community group? As our church grows, we need more folks that are willing to step forward. Listen, beyond a need, it's a massive opportunity for you to be mightily used of God perhaps in a way that you never dreamed possible. Hosts open up their homes, welcome folks in once a week for community groups. Facilitators don't teach a Bible study, rather they guide discussion They guide discussion with questions that we provide. So would you right now text MISSION to 97000 and let us know that you're interested in hosting or facilitating, or perhaps both, a community group this fall. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.